Welcome back to the Student of the Game podcast. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Please hit that like and subscribe button. It's free of charge. All right. Sad news, but also great news. Sad news is we will not get to see J.J. Watt, Justin James Watt, play football in the NFL ever again. But the great news is that, hey, this young man is retiring. And guess what? And that's all right. Now we get a chance to look back at a great historical career that this young man has had. Um, You know, he gets to retire and spend more time with his family, with his beautiful wife, with his beautiful child, okay, their baby, okay? So that's awesome. You know, he um, became a first-time dad this year, and the cool thing about it is what he he said in his, um, you know, what he said was in his um, tweet was that he said, Koas, I hope I'm pronouncing the kid's name right. It's spelled K-O-A, Koas. If I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Please correct me. All right, first ever NFL game. My last ever NFL home game. My heart is filled with nothing but love and gratitude. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. Prayer hands. J.J. Watt. Man, as a, as a Houston Texans fan, as a native Houstonian and a native Texan, man, like, J.J. Watt, man, like, he, dude reps H, rep, rep the hell out of H-Town, for real. He rep the hell out of H-Town. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you're J.J. Watt, he really didn't have to rep H-Town the way he did. You know why? Because when J.J. Watt was drafted, he was booed. I believe it was the first round, I think it was number 10, the number 11 pick. And I'm not gonna lie, that year I was I wanted Texas to get Nick Fairley, you know, the D tackle. You know, but I didn't I don't watch much college football, but I kept hearing about Nick Fairley. They need interior defensive linemen. You got and we had Mario Williams, D'Amico Ryan, Brian Cushion, Jonathan Joseph, oh man, Danielle Manning. Oh my goodness, I can go on and on, man. That that defense was real good. But they drafted J- Jason they drafted JJ Watt. And I'm like, number one. I'm 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 not gonna lie. My reaction, I didn't boo, but because I I didn't boo because I I knew nothing about J.J. Watt, but I was like, dang man, because we didn't we wasn't able to get Nick Fairley, you know, and <laughs> the rest is history. But ever since this dude played got got up on the field, even the preseason, you know, it, it's like, oh okay, I see why they got him. Okay, now. I remind you, his first couple games, I'm not thinking, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But I'm like, oh, yeah, this right here, this this defense here is going to be phenomenal. This kid here, is, he, he, he got some game. He got some potential. But then after watching his rookie year, he played to the level damn near all pro. For real, man. Like, it reminded me of like a, like a, like a Julius Peppers or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like this dude is like killing it out there, you know? And... That year, the Houston Texans, they made the playoffs for the first time. And I was happy for the Texans, especially happy for Andre Johnson, man. Ninth year in the NFL, finally gets to the playoffs, right? Man. But anyways, my favorite J.J. Watt play ever. Well, the, the, the play that stands out in my mind, and this is always going to be my favorite J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt play, play ever that he made in the game. The Houston Texans' first playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals in H-Town. 
That's my little girl. She's crying. Well, she's talking. She's not crying. But anyways, um, the game was tied 10-10. All right. Probably about a minute or two before halftime. Uh, let me see. The Bengals, they weren't marching, marching down the field. But it's like, you know, in that game, here's what you got to understand. Like, both teams was playing very, very tight. Texans was playing very, very tight. They had a, very, had a way more tight team than the Bengals. But the thing about it is, not a lot of playoff experience. All right. And Matt Schaub wasn't playing in that game. Well, did he play that game? Well, I can't remember. Did he play that game? Was that the year he got hurt? Well, anyways, what happened was is that in that game right there, the Texans was playing tight because <clears throat> all of their, their pro bowlers, they're all pro players. They're all-star players. They're stars. This is their first time in the playoffs outside of a few people on defense, okay? And you got Johnson Joseph going up against the Cincinnati Bengals team. He played year, almost a decade for. So it was tight. And it's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, man – they better not lose this game. And when J.J. Watt, let me see. Um, who was the quarterback for the Bengals? Andy Dalton. He backed up, hiked the ball, put, put, boom, boom. He threw the ball, and what we, th- what we thought was a deflection, J.J. Watt caught the ball. Boom. Not only did he catch the ball, he ran it back for a touchdown. Like, you didn't realize that it was an actual legit interception until he's halfway to the end zone. And I'm like, is this really happening? I'm like, watch, they're going to call this back. No, you replay it over. He <clears throat> he caught it as if, you know, the play was designed for him to catch the ball. All right. That, that was one of the most amazing football plays I've ever seen. You know, that's one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in any sport. Like, I've seen that stuff happen on Madden, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, hey, man, that's Madden. I've seen that stuff happen on Tecmo Bowl. Never seen that in real life. I've seen situations where the pass gets tipped or the defensive lineman tip it and he may tip it to himself or one of the other his teammates may catch it. But he caught it. Caught it right there. You know, and that's why I'm like, what kind of play is that? It's like he knew where it was going. You know, so that was real dope, man. That was real cool, man. But, yeah, man, J.J. Watt, man, hey, I know he plays for the Cardinals right now, but he's a Houston Texan, man. He is a Houston Texan for sure. And three-time defensive player of the year, I mean, you was getting to the point where it's like, shoot, man, you could freaking name the defensive player of the year award, the freaking J.J. Watt award. But I understand, you know, hey, I mean – it's a lot of great defenders that's been out there. You got Deion Sanders, Lawrence Taylor, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, you know, Julius Peppers, you know, a lot of great defenders out there. But anyways, um, hell of a career, J.J. Watt. We appreciate you in Houston. I'm pretty sure the fans appreciate you down there in Arizona. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do after that, but hey, uh, spend time with your family. Um, now, I, wasn't, I didn't know that he had a situation about his heart. Um, uh, hopefully that's a resolved situation. Hopefully that's a resolved issue. But hey, man, spend that time with your family, man. Spend that time with your family. You know, continue to get better in your health. 
you know, mentally, spiritually, and physically. And hey, you know, thank you on behalf of all the fans of Houston of, of the Houston Texans. Hey, JJ Watt, thank you, bro. And guess what? First ballot Hall of Famer. Is he not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Hell yeah, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't win three Defensive Player of the Year awards and not be first ballot Hall of Famer. Dude was dominant. 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 Okay? Dominant. And he rep H-Town. Man, that... Man, man, man. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. So, turn down for Watt. <laughs> Anyways, um... Yeah, so... Just a little quick episode, saw that, had to, you know what, say, hey, you know what, man, let's, man, J.J. Watt's retiring, oh my goodness, we're going to miss you, Watt. So, now, with J.J. Watt retiring, I don't know, maybe he's going to come back to Houston, maybe he'll do some work in Houston, I don't know, I don't know if he still stays in Houston, I don't know, but we have another Houston legend that could be coming back. And that's James Harden. Fear the beard, people. Fear the beard. All right. Adrian Wojnarowski said that James Harden, you know, with his free agency coming up, you know, he's considering, he's strongly considering returning to the Houston Rockets. Hey, man, I'm down for that. I am totally down for that. Um, as But there's, there's a catch for me. We cannot give up. Jalen Green, we cannot give up Alpier and Shingun. We cannot give up Jabari Smith Jr. And we're not giving up our number one draft pick this year. Okay, so we're not going to be giving that up. Okay, don't, no. But outside of that, yeah, you know what? You could bring James Harden back to the Houston, to the Houston Rockets. You know, some people are like, oh, man, he's a cancer and all that. He's, a, you know, he's a diva and all this. Well, hey, man, every superstar is a diva. Name me one superstar that's not a diva. They all, they all are divas. Remember people used to, didn't, used to didn't think Kawhi Leonard was a diva? He's a diva. They all are divas. They got they, I wouldn't say baggage. It's, here's the thing. They're, they are superstars. They come into better your team. Okay. Um, The pros and cons of it. My, my, my biggest con of it, as far as with James Harden, I'll start off with that, is that, okay, he's not going to, he, his reluctance to play off the ball. I believe He's capable of doing that, but his reluctance to play off the ball. Don't like that. And then also is, you know what, you're going to be around young, these young players, and they're going to follow your habits and see what you do. Are you still going to be off at the strip clubs all the time, bro? You know, I just saw something. I forgot who it was. You know what? It was Gary V. I know Gary V, man. Motivational speaker dude is awesome. He mentioned that an NFL coach had told him that, you know, in the draft, right, they had the eighth pick, and they had the chance to get the best player on the board. But instead of drafting the best player on the board, they drafted, like, the person who was like the seventh or eighth best player on the board. Here's why. They said the, the best player on the board, he could go out at 2, 3 a.m. and party and next and show up on game day a few hours later and give you nine catches, 130, 140 yards, and a couple touchdowns. So 
he sound like he's talking about a receiver or a tight end, right? He said, that's awesome. But see, the bad side is that he's going to bring like five or six of his teammates with him to that same party and club. And guess what? They won't be able to duplicate what he can do. Okay? So they're going to try to do it. They're going to think it's fine because he's doing it. But then guess what? They may need that rest. And he said, and he said that the player that they drafted, who was the eighth best player on the, on the draft board, they said that player right there, he's the one that's going to stop those other five or six guys from going to the party. <laughs> and he's going to be able to perform the next game, which increases the probability of the other five, six players performing to their best probability. Why? Because they will be well rested. So that's something. Now, James Harden, he's what, 32, 33? I don't know, 30. Yeah, he'll be 34 by the time he come back to Houston if he does. But I believe he can provide veteran leadership. Also, this team here is a young team, and they're looking for some type of guidance. And right now, they just don't have a point guard. Um, I like Kevin Porter Jr. as a player. I don't like him as a point guard. If you're trying to win games, he should not be your point guard. Um, I think his best role is coming off the bench, being a Ginobili, a Vinny the Microwave Johnson, a Jason Terry, coming off the bench and just lighting it up. I think that's the I think that role right there, man, could make him a legend. But I don't know if he's willing to do that, but I think that will make him a freaking legend, an all NBA legend, not just a Houston Rocket legend. Then you have your starting five is James Harden, um, Jalen Green, okay, um, Jabari Smith Jr. Um, who else? Did I say Shingun? Yeah, up here in Shingun. And hopefully they can draft that. If they, if they get that Frenchman, I think that French kid, I forgot his name, but he, the dude can ball. If they get him, he'll be a center or a power forward. It's in going to be a center. You know, that right there, that lineup right there, oh, man. Everybody's a triple threat, right? Everybody's a triple threat on that, on that side of the ball. But KPJ can't be your dominant ball handler, right? If he was a great passer, okay, but he's not. If he was a great, like, you look at Luka Doncic Now, Steven Silas, he coached Luca over there at Dallas. Now, Luca can do what he does because Luca has range. Luca can score anywhere on the basket, and he's going to dominate you. He's, he can pass, okay? James Harden can do all that, and he can pass. That's the thing. He's ball dominant. He can pass. LeBron, ball dominant. He can pass. KPJ is not a good passer. Not a good passer. His passes doesn't lead to easy baskets. He's focusing on trying to get his bucket, which is nothing wrong with that. But put him in a position. KPJ can average shit. He can average damn near 20 off the bench. Just let him, just give him that green light and just go against the other team's second string. You know what I'm saying? You know, he, he can be like a, how Andre Iguodala was to the Golden State Warriors coming off the bench. But I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't know. I'll be surprised. But the four guys I named, the four situations, the four things I named, we can't give those up in order to get James Harden. We have to keep those guys. You keep Jabari Smith because guess what? Jabari Smith, guess what? He's catch and shoot. He's catch and shoot. So 
Harden can set him up all day. Jalen Green can catch and shoot, and he can also drive by you and dunk on you. So guess what? Harden can penetrate. He can throw lobs up to Jalen Green. You saw a little blueprint of it when you saw Harden was able to play with Westbrook. The only difference between the difference between Westbrook and Green though is that Green has better range on his shooting than Westbrook. Okay, but um, Shin Gun, you can give him the ball in the post. He doesn't have to be ball dominant. He's gonna make real good passes. So it's almost like you got a second point guard on the floor. Like his game can just mesh with anybody, man. So. But I do believe, man, James Harden, you know, coming to Houston. Oh, I can totally dig that if he's playing with those guys, man. If he's playing with those guys. And a lot of people, they're still sour about Harden. Excuse me, sipping my coffee. They're still sour about Harden because how he left. There is no perfect way to leave. There is no perfect way to leave. No matter what you do when you're trying to leave, or if you're leaving a job or relationship or whatever, you're going to piss somebody off. You're going to piss a group of people off. Okay? Because you're not doing what they want you to do. Here's what you got to understand. Harden, he didn't leave a Houston Rockets team that was championship rated that was trying to do something. No. He left the team where they traded Russell Westbrook and... They had I'm a I'm and I'm a big Boogie Cousins fan, but this is not the book was not the Boogie Cousins from five six years ago, okay? The Rockets they got the Boogie Cousins who's on the downside of his career not due to his skills but due to injuries. Can't stay healthy. You get John Wall, injury problems. Like if John Wall was really the dude. Well, guess what? I mean, he would have stayed. They would have kept him in Washington. So, yeah, that wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to bring you a championship. Nobody else was coming. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, ah, I mean, this is what you have for me. This is what you have for me. You know, and he knows that, hey, you know what? I can, or I can prob probably go play with KD and Kyrie. Anybody in that situation, you're going to go play with Kyrie and Kyrie. KD and Kyrie. But, you know, people want to say Harden is selfish, is a ball hawk. He's ball dominant, yes. Most superstars are, are ball dominant outside of, outside of Steph Curry. Okay? I mean, think about it. Michael Jordan, ball dominant. LeBron James, ball dominant. Luka Doncic, ball dominant. Chris Paul, ball dominant. What's crazy People say Chris Paul is selfish. Chris Paul is selfish. He is necessarily selfish. All superstars, you got to have a certain level of being selfish. You have to. Well, he gets all those assists. Yeah, he's getting all the assists. He's making sure he's getting the assists. You understand? So, you know, he's ball dominant. So is Harden. You know, that's the amazing thing. James Harden can average 21, 9, and 9. They'll be like, oh, he sucks. He sucks. He's selfish. Chris Paul can average 11, 9, and 5. Oh, man, he just makes everything better. Come on, man. They're both are legends. They're both are superstars, but come on now. But, yeah, I would welcome that. I mean, does that guarantee them a championship? No. And when you think about it, it's a that's not the plan for, oh, the next five years. No. 
I, I think at best, I think, you know, that would be something that's that that can give us a good two year run that can get the get the Rockets going. And then what happens is, is that, hey, you it's a lot of knowledge you can learn from James Harden. Like you can say what you want about. And here's the thing. I have no problem with this man going to the club. That's his business. And see, you know, here's the thing. He's not married. He doesn't have any children. So guess what? What else he's going to do with his time? Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But guess what? He still works on his game. Every year he adds something to his game, to his bag. There's a tool that he has that he still has not really been using. His post-up game. He can post up. I've seen him. Just don't utilize it as much. And sometimes that's due to the coaching. You think about it. Before Dan Tony got there... Under Kevin McHale, Harden played a different style. But when D'Antoni came, it was heavy on the three ball, heavy on the three ball. It went heavy on it. So it's not just the player. It's the coach, too. It's the system. It's the system. And the thing about with Paul Silas, it's like Paul Silas haven't had an established system. I mean, hey, when you're that party, when you're the later part of your career, hey, you're not trying to play for a rookie coach if you do, if you do not have to. Well, he went and played with Steve Nash. Yeah, but you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so. But um, yeah, so I'm all well. I'm all good for a James Harden reunion. I'm all. I'm. I'm all. I'm good with that. That that can happen. I can dig that. You know, it's amazing. I'm a JJ Watt fan and I'm a James Harden fan. Okay. JJ right. Watt wasn't the same JJ Watt in the playoffs as he was in the um. All the time in the playoffs as he was in the regular season, which a lot of play, it's difficult to do because you're playing against a harder team, you know, better teams and stuff. So that happens. James Harden was a better playoff performer than J.J. Watt was in the playoffs. But yet nobody calls J.J. Watt a choke. They want to call James Harden a choke. And I'm not saying that you should call J.J. Watt a choke. No, you should not. But guess what? You also shouldn't call James Harden a choke either. And here's another thing that's sticking with basketball related. Well, to be honest with you, guess what? Um, LeBron James, who's lost to the Golden State Warriors a bunch of times, and people say that they don't call him a choke, a choker for that. But guess what? They want to call James Harden choker for losing against Golden State four times in the playoffs. Come on now. They always say, "Well, if you went for the Golden State Warriors, LeBron James would have more rings." Well, if you went for the Golden State Warriors, James, I mean, yeah, LeBron James would have more rings. Well, if it wasn't for the Golden State Warriors. James Harden, we had a couple rings. Because I believe that the Houston Rockets teams, had they made it to the finals and went on to play the doggone go, um, Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, we would have beat them. Especially that year we had Paul. Oh, y'all, y'all not beating us. Come on, bro. Cleveland wasn't going to beat Houston. Come on now. Come on now. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm all done. I, I think it's gonna. I think it'll be exciting. Now, you know, people quick to say they don't need. Well, who else they're gonna get to run point? KPJ is not a point guard, so I think that's your best solution right there. And hopefully, I hope Paul, Paul, I hope Stephen Silas get will get to um coach that team. I hope he would because, hey man, it's it's already bad enough that black coaches don't know black. You don't see a lot of black coaches, head coaches being hired. But the thing about it is, you know, he's going through the whole tanking situation. Give him a chance to reap those benefits. 
right. But anyways, that's all I got for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for tuning to the podcast, Student of the Game podcast. Peace out.